Welcome to Sets and Reps, the podcast, episode 44, part one. Yes, this is a two-part episode. I really enjoyed my conversation, and I felt that it would be appropriate to split it up for my listeners, uh, you especially, so that we can, uh, you know, have some have something to look forward to, first of all, but also so that you can appreciate just uh, how rich this information is from my guest. I had intended to record some more episodes than I got to this month. Right now, I'm basically just waiting to start up my 10-week clinical internship at an inpatient, and that starts up February 1st uh, as the date I'm recording this intro is the 19th of January, about an hour away from me. I had to have that clinical delayed a little bit because of some health insurance complications. And I have just been working hard, picking up a few extra hours here and there at work. But a lot of my clients are getting COVID-19 and, you know, fortunately, everyone's getting better and kind of recovering. Um, And it's great that we have guidelines to follow and the more that we learn about this thing, the better that we can begin to handle ourselves and better we can behave when we when it comes time to go out and and be social with others again. But the important thing is to just not let your head get in the way and not let yourself succumb to any kind of, you know, thoughts that you have about, you know, worrying about getting back to the things that you love because they will be there for you. Um, in particular, I'm thinking about some of you who who may have gotten sick and may be concerned about getting back into the gym or maybe concerned about weight loss or your or your appetite and your and your sense of taste and smell. These are all things that you can't control right now. So my best advice would be to just take the rest that you deserve and then and then come back to us when you're good and ready. My guest today is Lauren Irk. She has spent the last 35 years teaching and mentoring um, as well as studying health, fitness, and yoga. I had the pleasure of connecting with Lauren on Instagram, and I share a little bit about that interaction uh, in today's episode. But she has a multitude of certifications, including a mastery level muscle activation technique specialist. You're going to learn more about what that is and what that entails, so don't you worry. But she's also developed her own 500-hour yoga teacher training program known as Yoga Integrated Science, which I just found super fascinating. She's the CEO of Fitness Integrated Science, a wellness center in Louisville, Kentucky, that offers a variety of services, including personal training, yoga, manual body work, and more. Lauren's work has been featured in such magazines as Yoga Journal, Self, Idea, Fitness Journal, American Fitness Magazine, Ace Fitness Magazine, and more. She's a genuine, caring, empathetic individual who understands what it's like to stay hungry. And she really won't quit when it comes to helping her clients overcome pains, injuries, and muscular imbalances so that they can be fit and functionally forceful. I split up today's episode into two parts. So today you're getting part one. And in this part of the conversation, Lauren basically shares her story. And it was compelling to me because she went through a lot from a very young age. First of all, she was very aware of how her body could work and how she was able to move. And that led her to, you know, realizing how her body was kind of going down a, a spiral in a way. She 
overcame a lot of injuries. She's going to share some of that in the episode here. And she learned a lot of lessons that kind of jolted and kind of nudged her into the great path that she's on now. Um, We talk a lot on this episode about learning and how important it is to have a beginner's mindset and a white belt mentality. And I've, you know, if you've heard episodes on this show in the past, I'm a huge advocate of that as a lifelong learner myself. It's important to realize how much you don't actually know, even if you think you do. And we also talk about some insights that she learned from leaders and mentors in the fitness industry uh, in her in the early days of her journey that helped her build a work and life balance because this woman is super busy, super inspiring to me um, as the owner of like multiple businesses. And uh, she has an app that she maintains and keeps as well. And she's constantly generating content for her clients and her followers on Instagram. I have links in the show notes for you to go and check out her content. And I really encourage you to do so. I am just going to head on back and let you listen to part one of my podcast conversation with Lauren Irk. Thank you so much. All right, Lauren Irk, thank you so much for being with me here uh, today on Sets and Reps. Hope I said your last name right. You nailed it. You Perfect. nailed it. Thank you so much for your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great and I'm really happy to be here. Um, I think what you're doing, Greg, is amazing and I'm very honored to be a part of it. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. I, I, you know, I love having this podcast and I love getting to learn from people who have gone before me with so much experience and so much knowledge. I feel like I have uh, many mentors in a sense where I can kind of filter information in the world and use it to discern my own path and help my listeners discern their own path to, to self-leadership in a way. So um, I do want to mention as well, uh, Lauren is the CEO of Fitness Integrated Science in Louisville, Kentucky, um, which is a wellness center that you you have created and you have been um, helping and touching so many lives with all of the different avenues in, in fitness and uh, in this great industry that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. And before we kind of get into our conversation here, I want to... Uh, Thank you for your, your kind words about my, uh, myself and my show. And I want to kind of touch on how I got to know you a bit. Um, okay. So we, we connected through social media. Uh, a lot of the guests in the show, I, I find that uh, it's, it's easy to find people who are like-minded in a sense to you with uh, the same mission, similar missions and uh, similar passions. So Lauren and I, uh, you know, have been kind of talking on Instagram of just, I think our first conversation was uh, about uh, I commented on on a squat that you were uh, performing uh, on your Instagram and you actually gave me a really in-depth response about how you had to change up your squat in a certain way to uh, to make it more compatible for for your body type and I thought that, that was really interesting we were talking about the length of your femur which is the longest most uh you know most durable bone uh, in our in our lower body here and uh and how that changes up the position of how how far you have to sit back in your squat and things like that and where you are feeling the muscle too that's an important thing um and i just really valued that conversation and since then we uh you've been giving each other these kind of 
in-depth responses to so that I can learn a lot more from you. But it, it's kind of it's kind of helped my understanding in my field and uh, and all the content I want to put out. And I just thought that you would be a really amazing person to have on the show here, um, so that I can I can learn more from you uh, from for how to crush my goals and help others in this industry. Of course, I think we can all learn from each other. And don't you know. Don't kid yourself. You're teaching people a lot of great things yourself. We're all in this learning process together. Um, I maybe have been in the field a little bit longer than you, but you are out there crushing it yourself. And I know you're in physical therapy assistant school and um, the content that you're putting out is quite impressive. And it is, it is not an easy thing to have an ongoing podcast. I mean, coming up with content on a regular basis that your clients will relish and learn from. Um, it's a noble thing that you're doing and you're putting it out there for free. Anybody can join the sets and reps podcast um, on Spotify for free. So you're doing a lot for humanity and I'm very happy to be a part of it and help you assist you in any way. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, for my listeners who, who may not know uh, who you are, I want them to have that, that pleasure. So where was your first kind of exposure to the fitness industry? When did um, human anatomy and, and muscle building strength training. When did that all become important for you? Sure. And, and I could talk forever about this, but I'm not going to bore your audience. I'm going to give a brief summary of kind of what I've been through. Um, I'm a little bit older than you. I started in my journey at a very young age. I've always been interested in bodies. Um, my, my mother enrolled me in ballet when I was in the second grade. And um, I became very aware of bodies and how they moved from, you know, as a kid, I can remember thinking about it. Um, by the time I was a teenager, I would say 13, I had developed an eating disorder. I had anorexia nervosa and I was a, a compulsive exerciser. Uh, by the time I was a junior in high school, I guess sophomore in high school, I was hospitalized with it. And um, I, I changed schools, went, and, uh, went to a new school as a junior. And um, my doctor at the time had said to me, because, you know, you have to go through a lot of therapy when you're dealing with something like that. He had said to me, um, don't ever go into the food industry or the exercise industry. <laughs> so, of course, I waited tables all through college and I've been in the fitness industry ever since. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that that was a gift for me. I've told this on many, on many occasions um, and many different platforms. The things that were given at a very young age, whether that be a lot of injuries or difficulties or self-esteem or whatever it is, something that triggers a, a sort of an inspiration in us. I felt a very big desire uh, at a very early age to help other people that might be dealing with some of the same things with body image and trying to, to deal with the, uh, the, the people around them and how they actually feel about themselves. So that being said, I, have, I was exercised an incredible amount when I was younger, um, and, and I still do to this day, but not like that. Um, and so I was starting to feel my body break down um, in my early 20s. I was, when I was in college, I taught up to 30 aerobic classes a week, and that was like step aerobics, strength training, high impact, low impact. I taught just about everything, and I was teaching in eight different gyms at that time. Um, I was also doing some personal training and strength training on my own. And so I started having uh, patellofemoral knee pain um, very early in my 20s. And I started developing some Achilles tendonitis. Um, I actually was born with an extra bone in my foot. So that caused me to overpronate on one side. So it kind of caused mm. a 
cascading effect in my body. So I had my first knee surgery at age 26. And at the time I was set to present, I was actually, um, I've been presenting internationally for many years. I had signed some contracts with some uh, fitness conferences and actually had to back out of one because I had torn my meniscus. Um, And at that time I had just started doing yoga because I would wake up in the morning and I'd have all kinds of plantar fasciitis and all kinds of foot pain. And I thought, well, this is going to help me. Mm. And interestingly enough, um, my knee injury resulted from a yoga teacher who had adjusted me in a pose and tore my meniscus while I was in the pose. So having had this injury and then have to back out of a contract, a national contract and some and I'm going to date myself DVDs that I was scheduled to uh, record at that time. Um, what I noticed as I was going through the rehabilitation of that and going through that whole process is I, I felt um, kind of as though I, even though I had, had all these years of experience in the industry, I'm sitting there with this debilitating injury that had been somewhat career ending for me at that time. I thought to myself, I don't know anything. I need to go back to school. I've got, I've got some big holes in my education. Otherwise I wouldn't be falling apart like this. Hmm. So I started enrolling in some courses out in Oklahoma city. Um, I started studying biomechanics at a very high level. And throughout that experience, uh, the next two years later, as you can well imagine, my second knee went, went bad. I had to have a similar surgery on my second knee. Um, so again, that was, that was horrible. Um, I was still studying biomechanics at that time. I started studying with um, a gentleman by the name of Mike Morris. He owned a company called Resistible and I, and I wrote their yoga program on the ball and I was incorporating a lot of what I was learning out in Oklahoma city. It was with R, uh, RTS, which is resistance training specialist programs. And um, I remember at one weekend when I was out in Oklahoma, I was out there for a trunk and spine course and I'm sitting there after my second knee surgery my back hurt, my knee hurt, my ankle hurt. And I was supposed to be the fit person. And uh, at the end of the class, cause I'd stayed an extra two days. Um, I had a guy who was a muscle activation technique specialist say to me, can I go work on you? And I went, what do you, what do you mean by work on me? What, what in the world does that mean? And um, so at the end of the class, he, we went in the back of the gym and he, I laid on a massage table and he began to test my muscles. And of course, me having the ego at the time thinking, well, I teach all these classes, I'm in shape, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be easy for me. I was weak everywhere, mm. especially around that knee surgery that I just had. And I, um, he actually treated my muscles, which involved palpating insertions and origins of the muscle attachments and then testing muscles for whether or not, not they had proprioceptive feedback, whether they could contract easily on demand. And I flew home that weekend. And that was the first time in a really long time when I sat on the plane that I did not have knee pain and I did not have back pain. And I thought to myself, this is amazing. Mm. So that started me on my next journey. And I started to, this was back, I guess, 2002, I think. And I started studying MAT muscle activation techniques at that time. It was really, um, there was nothing much, uh, had been done just that it was, it was a jumpstart program. It was a lot of isometrics and I started studying that pretty, um, eagerly and, went through the whole jumpstart program and had some success with my clients. And then from there, I went through the specialist program. And after the specialist program, I entered into the master level program. I started with, got my master level certification in 2007. And then from there, um, began studying the RX level, began studying the foot and ankle, wrist and hand. And then from there, a full body specialist, which I finished in 2019. So it was a long journey. 
Um, so I, th- I was teaching for RTS. I was uh, doing MAT. And uh, during this time, because I had had a lot of anatomy, I was asked by a local teacher to teach the anatomy in um, her yoga teacher training because she felt that I would be better at that than her. Mm. And I happily, it was actually my former mentor in yoga who I'd gone through a training from her. And when I was going through the training, I was passing around a femur and a tibia. They were doing lower body poses. And I, and I let every student was kind of handling the bones and moving around. And one student actually said, oh, well, this D doesn't rotate. And I kind of went, oh, my goodness, like, you don't know this? And, and, and these people, I forgot to mention, they were graduating like the next week. So this was the first time they had ever seen bones. This is the first time that they had ever, um, you know, noticed that the structure of the knee prohibited certain motions and mm. they're learning all these crazy yoga poses at the time. And, you know, I've had this experience of being injured. So this was very passionate for me. And I remember this was in 2010 when this happened or no 2009. And I can remember um, thinking to myself, wow, like these, these people are going out there and teaching yoga to the public. So I started developing my own yoga teacher training at that time. Mm. And a lot of my yoga program, it's actually called Yoga Integrated Science. Um, I started teaching my first 200-hour certification in 2010. And it's very much biomechanically based. We focus a lot on anatomy and understanding how joints move versus just jumping into learning poses. And, um, you know, this was kind of, I was teaching all of this yoga throughout all the time that I was studying MAT. So over the years, really uh, honed in on what it is that I wanted to do. And I'll fast forward down in 2022, I've probably had three or four different businesses. I've owned different businesses and I bought a commercial space during COVID. And um, now I have my own app and I still do my own teacher training, which has morphed into this what I consider a hybrid between medicine, fitness, and yoga. Mm. And I'm now an RX full body specialist and I have several practitioners in my facility and we do personal training and I still do um, some presenting nationally, although I've slowed down on that just a bit, especially with COVID when people couldn't really get out there and travel as much. But um, I consider myself both working with the general population as well as someone who works with um, other health and fitness professionals and I can definitely say if you want to learn how to do something, teach, because you really get a lot of questions that you never would have ever otherwise entertained had someone not asked them to you. And it, I think it teaches you more about yourself than actually just studying from a book. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. Just been doing this for over 35 years now. And I will say I know that you, know, you might say, oh, she's she must really be an expert. I still consider myself to be a beginner. I mean, mm-hmm. I. I there's just so much to learn and I'm always on to something new and um, this field is just endless, right? There's just, there's so much in it. And I, and I, um, I look forward to the next 50 years. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's a great mentality to have. I love, I love kind of saying that having that beginner mentality or the white belt mentality with everything, because yes. you know, we think we know so much and then we, we figure out something else um, that we don't know. I, I was just curious. It sounds like you're constantly, constantly moving forward, but I'm sure there was uh, at times things that made you feel like you weren't moving forward. So I guess, does anything big come to mind when, oh. you know, as, as a coach or a teacher in the early stages, when you were like more and more, you were beginning to teach others, having 
having had mentors yourself and having uh, learned all these different ways to help other people when you, when you did start to help people, was there any struggles that you faced? Oh my goodness. Tons, tons of struggles. Um, and I continue to have struggles from time mm -hmm. to time. I always look at struggles as learning experiences, even though they don't feel that way at the time, but you know, the way that I grew up was a struggle. I mean, honestly, yeah. a lot of people that are in this industry or that are drawn to this in industry have had problems with their own bodies. Um, and that's what moved them into this field. Um, so, you know, having had some self-esteem issues at a young, young age and being very aware of body image at a very young age, that is something that is pervaded for me. And I see this, especially with women, but some men as well. I see this so much in my industry and I, and I completely understand when people come to me and they're like, you know, especially now after COVID, my muscles are gone. I don't like the way my body looks. I don't like the way my body is aging. Um, I don't feel confident in the way that I'm aging. That um, I don't feel confident in my athletic skills or I'm trying to do these classes and I seem to be the only person that's injured and everyone else continues to go forward. I absolutely 100% understand what that feels like. Um, there have been times in my career, especially when my body was the most important piece of it, where I thought to myself, I'm never going to move forward because I keep getting all these injuries. I mean, I was, I would wake up and I would have pain in my feet and I would have pain in my lower back, or I've had uh, several car accidents in my life that, um, that were uh, very difficult to come to, to come back from. And I think that all of those injuries of what brought me to this field, um, I know how, how scary it can be when you have a chronic syndrome going on, such as plantar fasciitis or patellofemoral pain or consistent shoulder problems. Um, and you think to yourself, I'm never going to be able to continue to exercise. And what I have found is that, you know, there is information out there. There are practitioners out there. I've learned a lot from MAT. I've learned a lot from yoga. I'm trying to tweak my own exercise to try to have the exercise actually serve me instead of breaking me down. All of those times that I've done that, I've been able to pass that and pay it forward to other people. Um, you know, I think when you are, when you go to a fitness professional that seem is seemingly perfect, let's say this person is just has the perfect physique. They've never had an injury athleticism. You know, they're equivalent of the Michael Jordan of the fitness industry. There are some of those out there. It's like, how are they going to teach you anything? You know, they don't even teach you from the beginner's mind. They, they, um, you know, they, they have one way of doing something. Well, when you're somebody that's struggled for, for your whole life to try to, you know, get around a certain barriers that are put in your path, you, have, you end up developing like a million ways of how to describe something mm -hmm. because you understand what it feels like to be in a body that has barriers or to be in a mindset maybe that has barriers. So I, I definitely think that all of those things were a gift. And then I'm sure you can resonate with quite, quite recently, you know, COVID was a big struggle for me. Um, I had a thriving studio in my, in my, um, in my state. Uh, we had a group fitness program. I had uh, a lot of employees and I can remember on March the 19th, when we were told by our governor that we had to close our business. And I really thought to myself, oh, I'll be, I'll be back in a week. And a lot, a lot of the people that were in my facility said the same thing. And um, that was history. My group fitness program is like gone now. Like I, I ended up after we opened that June, 
you know, I started classes again and I was getting text messages left and right from my members saying they were too afraid to come back. Please keep mm. my membership on hold. And here I was paying, you know, $4,000 a month in rent at a place that I, half of it wasn't even being able to be used. And I really thought for a time that I was, that my career was over, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, the MAT and the personal training has always been very successful for me, but what it did was it forced me to open up an, a new facility, I actually closed that whole place. I, I changed the whole format of my business. I developed an app. I started having online classes and online coaching programs and now fast forward to 2022, um, I, this is a huge part of my business. I have over 300 videos now on my Fitness Integrated Science TV app. My teacher training, I just started a brand new teacher training and I've been able to incorporate a lot of these online, online services and my app into the training. And um, it's actually, I'm actually happier now than I was when I had this big business and I was doing classes in person. And I'm still doing some classes. I've got some private uh, clients that I'm working with, but I would say my MAT business, my personal training business, and this new online platform has bigger than it's ever been. So I don't know, sometimes when we think that we're being set back, it's actually a set up that we're getting ready to do something even mm. greater than we thought possible, you know? So I guess, you know, and I could, I could talk to you for hours about the failed businesses and the failed business ideas and hiring the wrong person and not going in the correct direction and going through a course and realizing I wasn't interested in had to switch directions. I mean, there's always going to be a million reasons to stop, but if you keep coming back to, you know, what is my goal? What do I love about this? Why is this my calling? And just trying to figure out a new way you you can stay afloat. And then, you know, you get to meet great people like you along the way that you connect with where you can, you know, lift each other up. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And you've been lifting me up just by hearing uh, your story here and just all the things you uh, had to overcome. So I just encourage you to press on, keep going because uh, it's incredible. We're going to take a short break just for a moment before we get back to the podcast. This is a brief clip from an episode that aired a week ago featuring Osa Ponte, who is a great and amazing trainer and coach from Oceanside, California. And he is the face of the Iron Core Kettlebell Gym. And this was an awesome conversation. If you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend it. In this clip, I asked Os the difference between resistance training and bodyweight training when it comes to the speed that someone is able to become proficient in whatever movement or whatever technique that they're doing. Basically, how fast does it take someone to get used to it or to to make change or adaptation when it happens. Take a listen. External load really helps, goes a long ways into helping people get into the right posture. As long as it's adequate and there's been some level of instruction, education, body weight, you have to drive that yourself. There's no external load to cue you that you have to do this, this, or that. Everything is full body, brother. I hate to break it to you, but nothing is so very few things are isolated everything is is, is integrated right yeah so if you don't know how to coordinate that entire effort with your body you're going to feel it in your back and it's probably going to be something that you feel for a few days the external load of some of these tools immediately makes your body have this reflexive stability that it needs where when you're dealing with body weight that doesn't necessarily happen and so mm -hmm. that is a harder thing to teach to be able to perform that neural drive and get the right things tight and the right things loose, 
that's a lot harder when there's nothing from the outside cueing on what to do. Thank you so much for listening to that clip. Go ahead and check out episode 43 if you haven't yet. We're going to get back to today's episode. I know I asked you this before we started talking because I wanted to learn a little bit about how someone like you stays on top of everything from having the classes that you teach online, having having to maintain the app and having to um, you know continue training, whether it's in person, whether it's online. And then having to separate and then, and then cool off and, you know, be with your family and stuff like that. I'm sure there's a, a balancing act that has to take place there, just like with everybody. Um, so I'm really, really curious as, as to some of the insights that you have uh, for balancing that work and that life um, interaction. Well, Greg, I'm sure you get it because you also work very hard. I know you have a a thriving business yourself and you make the time to do these podcasts, which I will say that the way that you handled this has been very professional with me, the way that you've set this up. And, you know, Greg comes up, just so you you guys know, he comes up with all kinds of questions to ask ahead of time and he's a pro. So, um, you know, he could talk about this too, but, you know, all of us in this industry, um, you know, I remember, I'll just tell you a little story. I was presenting in uh, Las Vegas one time and there were all these, it was at a conference and there were all these big time names there. And and I was, I was set to teach uh, some classes, some workshops. And so I'm in the gym one day, I went to the hotel gym and um, I was feeling overwhelmed by all the things that I had going on. And I look over to the weight room and I don't know if you know, this guy's name's Todd Durkin. Um, Todd Durkin in the industry, in the fitness industry, is kind of a rock star. Um, and he's someone that gets asked to do a lot of keynotes. He's written books. He's got programs. He's, you know, a million followers on his, on his, uh, social media and he's inspired a lot of people and he's in there pumping iron. And what first said to me was, you know, oh, wow, he's in here just working out by himself. And he was working out pretty hard. And so he and I never really had the opportunity to talk. And um, I just walked over to the guy and I'm like, hey, you know, how are you doing? And I knew that he was in the middle of writing a book. And I just asked him, I said, gosh, Todd, I know how much I have going on. How do you do it? And one thing that he said to me that always resonated to me, he said, you know what? I just take things one step at a time. I focus on the most important project and I focus on that. And I try not to put everything else in the, in the way of it. I just get done with one thing and then I move on to the next thing. And that, that conversation has helped me throughout the years more, more than, more than anything. And then of course my dad's famous saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I think, I think that, uh, when you start on anything, um, you, you can't look at everything that you want to accomplish all at the same time. You, you, you know, having a business today post COVID is going to involve in-person training, it's going to involve this whole online thing that all of us are learning on the fly. It's going to involve marketing. It's going to involve social media, which is another huge ball of wax. And then it's also involving just you learning about your industry, continuing to stay on top of your own education. And it can be overwhelming. I know there's been times that I just had to go to sleep because I was so overwhelmed. I was like, oh my Mm. God, I'm just exhausted. You know, I just, I just Mm. fall and then I have to go work out or go to sleep or whatever, just to clear my head. But for me, um, stress naps as I can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just 
getting enough rest, that's huge, which is really tough for me because I'm a huge night owl and I've been known to work till two in the morning sometimes on stuff. Getting enough rest, getting enough time, you know, giving yourself enough time to take care of your own needs. Like you've got to make time to work out. You've got to make time to eat right. You know, if you start letting that stuff go, it's like the stress just multiplies. And really just doing a little bit each day on every aspect of your business. Don't, don't stop moving. And, and, I, and it's kind of like exercise. You know, we tell clients, if you're going to skip a day, that's cool. Even if you skip two days every so often, that's fine. But when you start skipping more than two days of not working, you start going backwards. So I think for me, it's just about trying to tackle things, everything, a little bit each day. There's going to be some days that I focus on one thing a lot more than the others. You know, maybe I have a deadline in front of me, so I have to really focus on getting this thing done. But just every single day, working on every aspect of your business as much as you can. Think about what happens after a week of that or two weeks or a month or six months or a year, how much further along that you are. But when you look at all the stuff that you've got going on and you do nothing, kind of like with fitness, it's really hard to get back up. So just, just keep working a little bit each day. And then over time, it just multiplies. And then as you're, you know, again, I'm just going to go back to the example of me meeting you. That came out of me just putting out my social media a little bit each day. And then, you know, sometimes you think nobody's looking at this. No one's seeing this. Why am I doing this? This is taking up so much time. But you never know who you're going to meet. You never know how you're going to touch people. And you never know what kind of opportunities are going to come across your path. And then you, know, you never know. Um, this opportunity might be something that you never it takes you in a path or takes you in a, a direction that you never thought possible. And then it opens up a whole new thing for yourself. So just stay interested, stay hungry, and just keep working at it. That would be my advice. I know that you had talked to me about possibly wanting to start your own podcast. So um, <laughs> this, is a, this is hopefully a, a good opportunity for you to keep that in the back burner. Bring that to the front Absolutely. burner a little bit more Yeah. Uh, after this yeah. interview. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. This has been great so far. This has been amazing. Um, I've been loving Good. this conversation. And I know that I know that um, you mentioned having to research and, and stay on top of uh, your own industry. And I know that to have that edge here, uh, research is super important. And there's multiple ways to go about it. I'm not a scientist myself. Uh, but I've had to research for projects for school, um, my, my evidence-based paper. Um, I've had to research in my education process, making sure that what I'm teaching is up-to-date information and uh, it's still applicable to my following and my clients. I was wondering if there is a mindset or a inspiration, I guess, behind the research that you do uh, for your business um, and for your coaching and teaching and uh, how I guess you implement and, and go about uh, assimilating that research. Well, you know, again, the things that I've had to struggle with in my life, I don't want other people to have to struggle with those. Um, and so I think for the, for, for fitness itself, if you're going to be involved in this field, if you want clients to trust you, if you truly want to help people, you're, you're always a student, you know? Um, I know like you had told me that you're in, you, you, you've been studying hard. You just came off of finals for your school. And I found that to be so inspiring that not only are you out there working with people, you are 
in a formal setting and you're learning about a field of a, a field that is just so very important working with occupational therapy and working with physical therapy and trying to help people to manage their injuries and manage you know taking care of themselves on the on the long term um you know when i was younger when i very first started teaching and i i did start teaching at age 16 which is crazy mm. i think back i think back about what i knew back then and when i started out you know of course back and back then nobody as far as if you were a woman you're not out in the weight room everyone just did cardio that was what fitness was um you know there was there were the big gym guys out in the gym that were pumping iron that kind of looked weird to you and the women were always either on the cardiovascular equipment or they were taking aerobics and for a long time that's what fitness meant to me but then you know i started noticing my body breaking down at a very young age and there's something that happened to me you know not only with you know dealing with the the eating disorder as a teenager but also noticing as a young adult having my body start to break down something that really started making sense to me was if my body is already breaking down at this age what am i going to be like when i'm 50 you know and i don't want to give this up and it was it was just a really big realization to me and i started thinking to myself what am i doing what like what am i teaching if my mm-hmm. body is breaking down what are these people going to be like learning underneath me And what's interesting is like over the years, you know, I was actually really known in my 20s for having a lot of insane choreography. People would come. I used to teach the step class on Saturdays. And I mean, it was packed. We had no steps available. I was known throughout my community as just having these epic choreography classes (laughs) with all this music. And it was a blast. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was so much fun. But, you know, did I really do people a service back then? Probably not. I didn't really have a lot of knowledge about the body back then. I just knew mm-hmm. how to dance. I knew how to put together stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started looking as I, as I'm going through MAT, as I'm looking, as I was studying RTS. I was, you know, I've also <clears throat> studied NASM and the personal training and AFA and I, ACE and Resistible and <clears throat> formal stuff in school and yoga certifications. I'm also do yoga therapy and all the, 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 the numbers of workshops and courses that I've taken. Mm. What I started noticing throughout the years of me having a business and me working in the field, more and more people started coming to me, not for weight loss, but for injuries. And, it, and it's like, I started looking at the people walking into my business and they became, they became and it, probably because I was getting older too, People that were coming in were over 40. Mm. They were dealing with muscle loss. They were dealing with injuries that they had when they were younger. And now they're rearing their ugly head as they gotten older. They were dealing with the fact that, you know, when they were 20, losing weight was easy. But once they reached the age of 40, losing weight was really hard. Um, Maybe they had been very active for a long time. But then they started working on their business. They gave up exercise and then they entered into their 50s and 60s and their health started declining and they didn't know how to exercise without hurting. Those are the kinds of clients I was getting. I was starting to get people with hip replacements, knee replacements, shoulder surgeries, chronic plantar fasciitis, chronic low back pain, you know, multiple sclerosis, stroke victims, all mm-hmm. kinds of very, very high level uh, you know, problems that were going on. And so when you start working with clients like that, Mm. you can't just be somebody who knows choreography. 
you've got to almost be, you know, like I really admire what you're doing, but you almost have to walk a fine line between medical and fitness in a way. Um, and so I feel like the, as, as our population begins to, you know, get older and older, living longer and longer, because medicine is kind of outweighing our joints nowadays, you know, medicine is keeping people alive a lot longer. Um, you know, fitness professionals and the role of a health professional now is so much different than it was when I very first got into this field. Um, we have to understand that, you know, our clients, weight loss is just one thing. You know, eating right is just one thing and they're very important things. But if you don't understand how joint works, how a joint works and how muscles work and how to safely put someone through a program that's not going to hurt them, I don't believe that you're going to stay in business long term. Um, so I think that the, the, the role of education, the role of uh, you being a student and continuously seeking knowledge is going to have to be ongoing if you're going to make it in this field. And I know a lot of people um, that I've presented with and work with for decades, and I, and I talk to them, all of them on a regular basis. And all of us are, well, I'm enrolled in this course right now, and I'm taking this, and I'm learning about this, or I'm, I decided to get this certification. You have to do that to, to motivate yourself and to be able to you know, have clients respect you and, and trust you. Um, so that you'll be able to actually be able to work in the field and, and gain the respect that you need to have other medical and health professionals refer clients to you. That would mm -hmm. be my answer. And then having those certifications and that education is going to help you get more experience and just working with bodies and, and getting out there in the field to, to, yeah. de to develop and, and just, just see everything because mm -hmm. I was speaking to another fitness professional too. It's like the more that you see the like the, the faster you'll be able to discern what the problem could be. Thanks so much for listening to part one of my podcast conversation with Lauren Irk. Stay tuned for part two. You can follow at Greg Builds skills on Instagram to get updates on new sets and reps, the podcast episodes every Wednesday and Friday, Eastern standard time.